Okay, hello everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you're here. Welcome to another live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dansfish.com. And I'm glad to have you here for another live stream. We do this. The Centennial Homes ad is playing. Oh, that's the worst. That jingle that they try to come up with, it doesn't quite jingle. It more jangles. Sound is loud. Okay, how's that? A little better there, better there, better there. Yeah, is that, let's, let's see if the sound's dialed in before we keep going. All right, it's probably because I was leaning right into the microphone, but I don't want to blow anyone's ears. Sound is good. All right, cool, cool, cool. I guess better too loud than, than not loud enough because I'm always frustrated when I'm on live streams and I've turned it up as loud as I can and my speakers are starting to pop and stuff and I still can't understand. I guess if it's too loud, at least you can just turn it down a bit. Um, turn your volume down. It is loud still. Okay. I'll take it down a bit. And I think that's probably as low as I want to go. Let me know, folks, if that's if that's bad or not. Okay. So back to it. Um, all right. We're going to get into... Um, the giveaway and all that in just a moment. But first, I want to give you a report on a couple different things. So we're giving away some Kochu Tetras, blue Kochu Tetras today, which are amazing little fish. And we'll get into all that. Um, but first, I want to give you an update on the new facility, which is going up and on some shipping adjustments I have made in an attempt to get all ready for the super cold, uh, wintry, weather. Okay. Hang on. I'm setting up anti-spam. I believe. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. So, make sure I'm setting up the giveaway, right? Okay. Just something that's hard to do until you're live to check that everything's connected. All right. So winter shipping is upon us. Um, I've changed some things. I've done away for now with USPS shipping. And what I'm doing now, let me show you, is if you go to my store, um, I'll show you the different options. I'm, I'm doing UPS for the time being. So let's pick that. Add that to the cart, check out, and this will show you. So here are the different options. Let's just do one of those. Okay, here are the different options. So they're all UPS and you have a choice between today and next day. So today or next day. And there's three sizes of boxes. There's the large, the medium, and the small box. So with two-day shipping starts at just under $30, with next-day shipping starts at just under $40. And that's just a, a change with the cold weather upon us that I'm making so that uh, I can make sure that fish don't suffer in the winter. The good news about that is UPS two-day should be a lot more reliable than USPS priority two-day. <laughs> Um, and the next day as well. 
And the price is, if you look at what you pay for USPS Express versus UPS two-day, then the prices for UPS two-day are better. And often Express ends up taking two to three days anyway, I've found. So I'm going to try it. We'll see how it goes. I think if it's more reliable, which it should be, then I'll keep it through the winter at least. And in the summer, maybe I'll switch back to something slower and a little less reliable in the spring and summer. But in the, in the really cold winter, I'm trying to get something reliable and something that even during the holidays and stuff um, is, is not going to suffer as much as USPS. Now, I have nothing against USPS. I'm not trying to bad talk them. But the reality is that in the winter when I ship express, there's there's often delays. People expect their package the next day. It often takes two days, sometimes three days. And during the holidays, it's, it's really bad. So I'm just going to try this and see how it goes with UPS because the price is comparable and even more favorable in some cases to do it UPS. The other change I've made, uh, it, and I'm not going to ship like Christmas week or Thanksgiving week or New Year's week, but within the two week window around that, I want to keep shipping. And I think UPS will maybe get them there a little better. The other thing is there's new boxes because, ta-da, because the priority mailboxes are such an odd size that I couldn't find any boxes that didn't come from the post office that were priority. And so to get the right insulation and things to be able to ship UPS in a non-priority box, non-USPS priority box, I had to uh, get new boxes. So I did that. And the good news is the insulation that comes with these boxes is 25% thicker. So it's uh, three quarters of an inch thick instead of around half an inch. Two size boxes, this one is 12 by nine by six, I can get uh, 15 fish in there pretty easily. And the other one is 15 times 11 by seven, and I can get 24 fish in there pretty easily. And then I still have the seven by seven by six inch box that can fit like six fish if you only need a few. So that's what's going on shipping wise, kind of a, a big change. But I, I think it's gonna be worth it just because I want to avoid the, ex I'm tr even if it, even though when a package is delayed or takes a little longer, the fish almost always arrive in good shape. Not always, but almost always. And even though it's not my fault if a package is delayed, right? I, I ship just in case they are. I pack everything so it can go long term, but still it's a bad experience for the customer, right? If you're expecting it on Wednesday um, and it doesn't arrive till Thursday or Friday or whatever, that's frustrating. And the other thing that I think is frustrating is what I call the postal tracking black hole. Just tracking is so unreliable, I've found with USPS that... I'm hoping that in the winter when everyone's really concerned about their fish and things, that UPS tracking will be more on top of it. So people don't have to have that angst, right? That, that nervousness of, well, where's my box? <laughs> What's going on here? Where are my fish? Are they going to make it? And all that. So I'm going to give it a try. Now, again, I, I'm not bad talking the post office. I, I 
use them for a lot of years and I'll probably use them again when the weather warms up. But I'm just trying to give the customer a better experience, I guess, in hoping that, uh, that the cost is not, uh, yeah, in, in one, in a way that's cost effective. So I think the two day is fine. Um, some people really worry and want to pay the extra for overnight and that's fine. I'll guarantee both ways. I never send a fish that I don't guarantee will arrive alive. That always irks me when, uh, <laughs> when I see people selling fish and it's, like, okay, if you send this way, they're not guaranteed. But if you send the super expensive way, then then I'll guarantee them. And I'm always like, no, I, I think that we should only send fish in a way that we feel comfortable guaranteeing. Otherwise, we probably shouldn't be sending them at all. If we know that there's a likelihood they won't make it, that's just not fair to the poor fish, right? So that's how I look at it. So that's one big update. And the website, not the website, my store was down a little bit today as I went in and changed all the shipping and changed, uh, made all those uh, updates. So if you were trying to get on and were like, hey, what's going on here? That's what was going on. I was just working on it and I didn't want people to be trying to buy stuff and seeing things switch around and getting confused and thinking they were buying one thing, but it was already in the cart and now I'd switched it to another thing, stuff like that. Now, if you have an order waiting with me that is, that's been done before today, that the postage was USPS, that's fine. Um, I can, I can send through that. So don't worry. I'm not going to come back and be like, Hey, I'm only shipping UPS now. I need more money. I'm not going to do that to you. Okay. So anyone that has an order in, don't worry. I'll send it as usual. And then the new orders from here on out will, will start going UPS. So there'll be a week where I'm sending both ways. And then after that, hopefully just UPS. Okay. The next update, which is super exciting, is that um, we've got all the electricity in the new expansion. We're, we're building, uh, we're expanding into like this uh, shop garage space I have adding 81 tanks to the business for more capacity. And yesterday we finished the insulation. So we put in three inches of spray foam. Why can't I say that word? Spray foam. <laughs> Would you like some foam on your coffee? Um, spray foam insulation, which is the best because if it gets wet, ain't no big deal. N nothing. You can, you can wash it down, all that stuff. It's got a pretty non-porous surface on it. So you can wipe it down. You don't have to worry about like with the pink Panther stuff, the pink batting fiberglass insulation, uh, the paper on it can get real moldy. And also stuff can just get embedded in that fiberglass batting and it just rots in there and it just gets nasty. So I really like spray foam because you're basically making like a big cooler, right? Like a big styrofoam cooler or something like that, a shipping box basically. Um, and so gas, electric, and um, I'm sorry, gas, water, and drainage should all go in. I would love it if they could start this week, but I'm guessing realistically, it's probably going to be next week that that all goes in. And I had appointments with a bunch of HVAC guys today to get the furnace and HRV unit all figured out. So progress is going. 
Um, I also arranged with the local shop. I have a friend that has a shop with a bunch of tools that I don't have to use that space so I can go ahead and construct all the racks and everything. So it is coming along. For those that are wondering how the expansion is going, it is coming along quickly. So thanks to everyone that's supporting that. I really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone who's invested in Dan's Fish uh, so we can make a big difference and not have to wait 20 years so I can save enough money to do it. I really appreciate it. Okay, let's get into the giveaway for tonight. And after that, we'll get into your questions and comments. If you have a question or comment for me, if you make it at Dan's Fish, when you type it, the at symbol Dan's Fish, so it highlights, then I'll go back when I'm done sharing the giveaway fish and uh, read through all those and we can have a discussion. So Caleb Aquatics, $1.99. Hey, you. Well, hey, you. I guess it's hey, Jude, but. Hey, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We have a very fit, about to jog with an exercise headband on pair. <laughs> okay. So the Kochu Tetra is the giveaway for today. They're beautiful. They remind me of the super blue Carry Tetra, but instead of a deep, deep, uh, sometimes almost black blue, like a navy blue, these are a wonderful sky blue. Now, they're a totally different genus and everything, but just the color, it's hard to pick up just like with the super blues because it's mostly iridescent, but it's a it's like a super blue Kerry Tetra that's sky blue or like a um, silver tip Tetra that's sky blue. Now, there's some confusion on this. Most places you go, this is the genus name. And I'm not even going to attempt to say it. Yeah, I will. This will be fun for you guys watching me fail this. Bolkia Fredkochui. So they're named after Fred Kochu, um, but the genus, Bolkia. But according to some research, the proper scientific name might be Notus Borkii, or I'm sorry, Notus Borkii, as seen here. If you look, I think these are the same fish, right? And there's just been a name change and, and maybe we haven't caught up as hobbyists to the name change. I think that's true. I don't think that uh, it's two different fish that look very similar. I, I think we actually have two different genuses, two different names um, that have been split off and just we haven't quite caught up. I could be wrong, but I have been doing some research into it, and that appears to me to be the case. So it's just one of those interesting cases of where <laughs> common names versus scientific names. Usually I want the scientific name because it's much more clear, and as a killifish hobbyist, that's just uh, – that's uh, <laughs> that's – how I grew up in the hobby with scientific names. But in this case or other cases, while the scientific names are shifting and stuff, it's kind of nice to have a common name to rely on. So, um, so to win some of these this week, here's the hashtag. If you put hashtag so blue in the comments, then you will be entered to win. And I want to make sure I have this right. I don't want to enable the anti-spam. I want it disabled. Yes. That way my mods can still enter after they constantly tell people what the hashtag is. So to win some Kochu Tetras, hashtag so blue will get you in. And with that, let's get to your questions and 
comments. Oh, I, a little bit about the species, I guess I should tell you, is they're, they're like a standard small community fish, tetra, like the typical tetras we would see. Uh, they max out at about two inches. They are an omnivore, super easy to feed and keep. They um, mid-70s to low-70s is fine temperature-wise. And they're a very active fish. So there are tetras that kind of sit around and move a little bit and sit around or slowly move. These are these almost remind me of like a danio, like a zebra danio or a kythit danio or something, just how active they are. They're constantly swimming, constantly moving, and they do school up more than a lot of your tetras. And actually, maybe it's not that they school up, but they're so active, they tend to go back on each other a lot. So the shoal tends to be um, a little tighter than with a lot of your tetras. Now, I've had these for quite a while. They came in, they were doing great. Um, And after I'd had them for, I think, two and a half weeks, I was like, hey, they're doing great. I'm going to start selling them. So I did, and I got three or four orders from them in that first week, and I bagged them all up on as I do on Saturday. And then when I went to change the water in the bag that Sunday, I noticed a lot of them looked like, not a lot of them, a few of them looked like they were really struggling in the bag, breathing hard, not swimming, quite straight, things like that, quite upright. And so I was like, oh. These have been great in the aquarium, but apparently they're not ready to ship. So I had to put them all back in the aquarium and and contact all those um, buyers and let them know. I did send one shipment um, right around that time to test, and and I was right. Most of of them, I think, arrived July, but there were some issues. So I've held them for an additional three weeks since then just to give them – extra time to make sure they really are ready to ship. And I did a test this week where I took some out and I bagged them up as if I was going to ship them and just observe them for a couple days. And they were still, they, they were rock solid. There were no issues. So I think they are really, truly ready to go. So I've listed them at dancefish.com for sale. Um, they're available now. And I, I think they're going to do great. Now, if I ship them out and they don't, then I'll, I'll take care of you. But from the test I did and the amount of time I've had them, I think they're going to do just fine for you. It's always a little tricky, though. The the first time I send out (laughs) any group of fish I get, but especially a fish that I haven't sent a lot of, and that's this fish. I just haven't sent a lot of Kochu Tetras or kept a lot of them. It's always a bit in the back of my mind of like, okay, let's see how this batch does. I've done everything I can. I've tested them. I've kept them well. They seem rock solid. Um, But I I really do think these are going to be fine because they have been tested twice now. All right. So with that, let me make sure that this, uh, this giveaway is working. 81 eligible users. Okay, good. Um, I guess I should change it so that it's not – well, I don't think the capitals are mattering. In the hashtag, I have it capital S, capital B. It doesn't look like most people are doing that, and it still appears to be working. So I think we're okay. Yeah, I think we are well and truly working here. So let me close down a couple open windows just so bandwidth doesn't suffer. And I'm going to get to your questions and comments now. KP, $2 super chat. Corridor is in heavily planted tank. No open space. Okay. Yes, 
it is okay as long as it depends on the plant though um not having a big open place for them is fine however it it can't be a plant that's so dense and adhered to the rocks or gravel or whatever that they can't swim through it so a big clump of java moss that is grown down and, and literally attached itself to all the rocks so it's so dense that the fish can't swim under it and through it, I would avoid that. But if it's something like, um, say, Valisneria or, Valisneria or something, and you keep it thinned out enough that the fish can swim among those plants, they're not going to mind that in the least. In fact, you'll get a lot of really good breeding out of them that way. So, yes, it's okay as long as the fish can navigate through whatever plants you have. If it ever grows so darn dense that the fish just have no space, then you got to get in there and, and, and clear out enough so they can at least swim. But, yeah, plants is fine. They don't necessarily need big open spaces. In fact, a lot of times if you get wild quarries or um, a lot of species of quarries and you have plants, you'll notice they and you put them in the aquarium, they won't be in the open space. They'll go right over there and hang out. Um, that being said, a lot of times they'll eventually adjust to open spaces. And I don't think there's anything wrong with open spaces. And you might find it a little bit difficult to feed in the plants because food can get stuck up on the top when you feed. If there isn't any open space for it to go down and settle on the bottom, yeah, a lot of the food might not make it to the bottom depending on the plants you're using. So, so keep that in mind. But they're perfectly comfortable in plants as long as they can navigate through them. That's my two cents. Um, if anyone here has a different experience, uh, please do share so we can help out. But I've seen heavily planted tanks with quarries in it many times, and they've always seemed to be doing just great. Caveat, I'm not a big planted tank guy, so I haven't really done it myself. But I've observed it on many occasions. Wichita Falls Fish Keeper. Hey, so good to see you. Hi, Dan. Do you use shipping uh, Shippo for UPS? I just created an account with them. I do. So right now I'm using Shippo.com. Let me show you folks. For those that don't know what this is. The website is, I guess they couldn't get Shippo. So they, they had to buy GoShippo.com. This is the website I use. Um, it works well for me. And you can ship UPS or USPS on that site. Now, I am hooked up with TSK for FedEx with their system. But um, Shippo is just so easy to use that I think I might use it. TSK system is much more complex, but has a lot more capability. So um, when I have the time, I mean, I'm, I'm constructing a new facility. I'm doing all this stuff. When I have the time to really dig in, I'll, I'll dig in more into TSK, um, and their FedEx account that they have set up for me and see what the prices are there. The one thing I'm excited about with TSK is their shipping allows you to put in a customer's name and address and stuff. And it's just there in a database. You don't have to type it in each time. Something that's really annoying about Shippo is you have to retype the person's name and address and email and everything each time you use them. They don't have a database where that stuff is saved. So if you buy from me, I enter your information. I send the box. If you buy from me a week later, I have to re-input all the information. I can't look you up on a list or start typing your, your name or whatever and have it populate. And that's a time suck. And I do hate that every week when I sit down to process the shipping. 
I'm like, really? I have to enter this one again? Because <laughs> a lot of the customers buy, you know, multiple times, many, many times. So that's the one thing I don't like. But I will dig into TSK and see what their rates are and, and stuff like that. But the good thing about Shippo is when they when they add you onto their service, um, you get added to kind of the bulk thing. So you it doesn't cost as much to ship then as it would through if you just did it on your own at like the UPS store or something without an account. Oh, live chat. Good. To- uh, let's make sure it's all live chat. OK, everything is live chat on my side. I don't know what is displaying for you guys. Last week, even though all I see is live chat, it was still saying, yeah, it's doing it again. See right here, it says top chat, but that's literally not a functional space. That's just, it's just a screen. So, uh, but here and here it's live doing my best. <laughs> Candy overholes, lol, dancefish. Caleb said spray foam, spray from on his video too. Yeah, something about the combination of the R and spray that makes your mouth want to add it to the foam. <laughs> something phonetic. Plus, yeah, talking's hard. I just, I, I grew up as a mumbler, like really mealy mouthed. And theater has helped me, like, if I really want to, I can enunciate and get the words out crisply. Um, I have a stage voice I can use, but um, I tend to not over-enunciate when I'm, um, <laughs> enunciate, announce, pronounce things when I'm on camera. <laughs> but at least theater training has got me a little better in my everyday speech. Oh, I was hard to understand when I was younger. But it will it will always be from to me. Michael Brandle, can we see pics of the expansion? Would love to see the build. So um, I plan on doing for really and truly doing a video um, and just quickly showing the space with the electrical and the um, insulation in it. It'll be short because there's not a ton to see right now. And there wasn't really any video to take of me putting stuff together to show how it's done because I had an electrician in there do electricity and an insulation company put on the spray foam insulation. Um, But when it gets to the point where I'm actually building racks and all that, I've kind of done all those videos. They're on my channel from when I built this space. But so many people are new and have joined us since then that I'll probably do some more of that as I go. But later this week, though, there will, I think I can commit to the to say there will be a video um, just quickly showing the space as a reference for when we go on from there. But yes, I will do that. And I haven't forgot the green water video everyone wants. I have not forgotten. Anna Lee at Dan's Fish, how is the ozone system coming along? It's it's coming. It's it's That's part of the main, the big boy expansion, the, the big warehouse. Um, I talked to a water engineering firm today, local. Um, they specialize in in routing water from rivers and creeks and things like that. Um, talked the system over with them, uh, kind of creating that relationship with them. So when all the funds are raised, and it's going to take about a year to get all the funding raised for the big warehouse. But once that's done, 
then I'll, I'll have the plan with them and everything and we'll be ready to rock and roll. So it is a long-term thing. It just, uh, just cause of the funding, it's going to take about a year to close out the, the, the round of funding for that. Yeah. But thank you, Annalie, for all your help with getting that, all your support for that. And I, I love that there's someone in the chat that's like nerding out and excited about the ozone system. I've done quite a bit of research and I think I've narrowed it down to a, a company from, I want to say Sweden, who's doing really neat stuff with ozone, very energy efficient, a lot less wasteful than kind of this, this, the standard systems that are around today. And, um, and you can really dial it in. So that's the system I'm most interested in. And I've got to get them some information to get a quote. So they, I need to get samples of the local stream or river where I'm going to do it, send it to them so they can do an oxygen test, see how much sediments in there and all that and calculate how much ozone it would take to clear that water. And then we can, from that extrapolate the amount we would need for the whole facility. And at that point we know how many units we need. And, um, cause the, the unit I'm looking at is modular. You can add or take, generating modules in or out of it, um, which is really nice. So yeah, once, once I get all that information, I'll kind of have more right now. It's just, that's what I want to do. I have a rough idea, super rough of costs, um, which are not dialed in enough for me to share. There is just a wide range and that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of hashtag so blue going on. <laughs> By the way, hello to my mods. Sorry, I haven't said hi yet. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you all for being here and doing what you do. L flower one space stars are the safe to go with bettas. Oh, the Kochu tetras. I would put them with any betta that wasn't long finned. Um, if you did put them with a half moon or a veal tail or a delta tail or something like that, I would, uh, I would have a plan B ready. In fact, I would always have a plan B ready, but I think they'd do fine with a placat or something like that that doesn't have long fins, but I would definitely be careful with them with something with long flowing fins, just cause that is too tempting as that tail waves around, looks like a lure. So I haven't tried it, but I suspect they would nip just like Serpe Tetras or Silver Tips would. So kind of better safe, depending on the better they're with. And again, always have a plan B. Anytime you're mixing fish together that you've not tried before or that there's a, a good chance that it's like, ooh, I, something, this might work, but it might not. We're at 50-50 here, right? Uh, just have a plan B ready. Alien World Aquatics. Hey, great to see you. One of the female endlers I won was super curved in swimming stage for about a week. Now she's back to normal. You've seen this happen before. All six endlers are still doing well. Well, I'm glad she's back to normal. Um, I do check the fish for spinal deformities before I send them out or as I call and things. So I'm glad it's not a permanent like spinal deformity. She was super, super curved and swimming strange. Was she really bloated? 
Like, did she have a distended belly or anything like that? So a couple of things I'm thinking of is one is, um, is super pregnant and had some babies. Like if she was like super pregnant, then maybe there was something going on there. And the other is some kind of bloat, some kind of blockage in the intestine or some kind of onset of dropsy or something. Um, those are so either big batch of babies in her belly or some bloating thing. Hopefully it was babies, but I'm glad she's back to normal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's nothing permanent, but those are the two things I can think of that would cause that. Has anyone else seen that? I mean, obviously when guppies get really old and this one isn't, or, or endlers, guppies, endlers get really old, they can develop crook spines and stuff just like people, right? They get slashed over. Um, it's things, things start bending and compacting, right? So, but this is not a, a super old endler that I sent this person. So has anyone else seen, um, temporary curvature and what caused it i'm i've given you my two best ideas alien world maybe someone else knows more small fry aquatics this tetra is one i've looked for cool i'm glad i'm glad i've got it fish room fever i love dance fish giveaway are awesome and it's always a great time i think stream a great stream man fish room fever that is a heck of a hashtag i have one word for you two words for you space bar <laughs> that was all all one hashtag no spaces which i get it as a hashtag but man that was hard to read but thank you thank you so much i'm glad you enjoy it kp thanks again for the super chat appreciate it And chat jumped on me. Sorry. Did that thing. Did that thing. There we go. Small fry aquatic. Sorry, this tetra will nibble at the roots of duckweed and will do an excellent job of eradicating. Oh, that's great. So apparently uh, the Kochu tetra can eradicate duckweed according to small fry aquatics. Man, that would be awesome. Because I know a lot of people struggle with duckweed. So if it's like a little miniature goldfish that you can put in to go around and suck off duckweed, that would be eat duckweed. That would be awesome. Skipper's Aquariums at Beast Heart. Ask what is the coldest white cloud minnows can go down to. I, I think as long as the water is not solid, they'll be fine. They can live under ice. I, You're fine. Temperate China. So... Um, not a problem. Now, that being said, if you get some kind of Vietnamese white cloud or something else like that, because there are different species, um, then that could be uh, different. But if it's a standard old common white cloud from, from China, they're going to be fine with, with ice over them. I've seen a lot of people keep them like that and overwinter them without a problem. Kings Aquatics, if anyone has a question or comment, be sure to put at Dance Fish so he will see you. Yes, and thank you. I appreciate that. 54 Punchy, hey Dance Fish, switch to live chat. I, I am. I know here, I, I know. I know here it says I'm in top chat, but I don't think I am. Because like on the actual active streams or, or, or feeds, I'm in live chat. 
So somehow when it goes into OBS, then my streaming software and regurgitates it out here just on the screen, it reverts to top chat. But what I'm reading is, is this, this live chat over here and here. So, but thank you. I, I appreciate the reminder because I so often don't remember. So no worries. <laughs> Brian at Dan's Fish, two weeks in and I'm loving the fish. Awesome. Thanks. The pistols are coloring up and the peacock gudgeons are breeding is pleasure. Awesome. You're breeding the peacock gudgeons. That's great. That is great. A um, couple ways you can incubate the babies. If, if you're looking for options, if you try it one way and it doesn't work and you're, well, what do I do now? I do have a video on breeding peacock gudgeons on the channel. Um, check it out. Artificially incubating them. Uh, the easiest way I've found to do it is in a egg tumbler. Just take the pipe they spawned in. It's got to be a short pipe for this to work, but put it in the tumbler vertically so that the water goes through the pipe instead of horizontally because then the water will just pass over the pipe without flowing through it as much. And I take a little uh, green scrubby pad, cut out a circle to go underneath them because they're really small. I don't want them falling out the bottom if they fall out of the pipe. And that's worked really well um, if they don't raise them for you naturally. So, they, And there's a couple other ways to do it as well. But that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that the fish are doing well coloring up and breeding for you. That's great. A space Z, $1.99. Thank you for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But... It does make the wife super happy. Whoa, uh, YouTube giving out free super chats. Really? That's awesome. Or are you, uh, are you shilling for me so people throw more money <laughs> down on super chats? <laughs> Either way, thanks for the super chat. Annalie, hashtag so blue. Cool. You are now in the drawing. For Pam, uh, oh, okay. So if Annalie wins, then send them to 54 Punchy. Can do. Just remind me at the end when the drawing actually happens or, or we can do it through email after or whatever. Jane Sh Shell. For a sec, I thought it said Snell. Jane Shell. 99 cent super chat. Thank you, Jane. Always appreciated. Never required, but it's super helpful. And no comment? Okay. Peppercini 808. Did I say that right? Peppercini. I think it's Chini or is it Cini? I'm going with Peppercini 808. I currently run all sponge filters. Yeah. But lately I've been listening to Greg Sage talk about his box filters. Now I have sponge guilt. Any thoughts? Um, yes. Um, so I run sponge filters and box filters in my aquariums. The reason I do it is it just helps me remove particulates from the water so it's clear enough so that hopefully I can take pictures and videos that people can see. That being said, it's not like a canister filter or the old hot magnum, the best polisher in the world. I wish they still made those. But that's why I do it. That being said, for most of my fishing keeping career, I just use sponge filters without box filters. Did I have any problems? No. No problems. So I honestly don't think that just sponge filters by themselves are any issue whatsoever. You know, if the tank is well-maintained and matured and is digesting 
cycling through all the waste and extra food and ammonia and nitride that's produced, you're good. And you can remove mulm and other stuff that settles in a couple ways. You can water change and take it out. You can get a box filter and take it out. So I would do whichever is easiest. If you gravel vac or if it's a bare bottom tank, you know, siphon out the mulm and stuff occasionally so stuff doesn't build up to a crazy level, I think you're fine. If you want a little water clarity, then go for a box filter. Now, I know Greg Sage. I totally respect him, and I know that he swears by the box filter. That's his experience, and he has successfully kept and bred and raised many amazing fish that have a reputation of being difficult to keep for many years, often for many, 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 many generations. So um, the guy knows what he's talking about and that works for him. I've never found them necessary, but I like a little water clarity, so I'm using them. So pepperoncini, um, I, I guess the ultimate thing to do would be do an A-B test. If you have two aquariums, that are similar side by side, keep one with a sponge filter, one with a box filter or a sponge and box, whatever you're doing and uh, see which one you like best and what, what works better for you. That would be probably the ultimate thing to do. Of course, sponge filters are best. They have a couple advantages. One, they're very good at uh, mechanical filtration. If you put polyfill in there, um, like the polyester quilt batting and stuff, it really removes fine particulates. In that kind of setup, they're not as good as biological. Sponge filters are great at biological. However, if you're trying to breed a species or, or put an additive in the water, sponge filters are great because you could put peat moss in there. You can put um, alder cones in there. You can put all kinds of stuff in there to help add tannins to your water or whatever without them going all over the aquarium. So they're nice systems for putting additives in the water like that. So those are my thoughts. I like them both. Sponge filters are a pain to clean. So are box filters. So like they're both a pain to main, maintain and stuff. Um, just messy. There's no way really to clean a sponge filter without all the grunge coming out into the aquarium, unless you do the big bag thing, but that's always a pain. Um, and box filters can, can get a little messy too. So Yep. Jane Shell, 99 cents again. Uh-oh. Jane's going for it. Another 99 cent from Jane Shell. Man, oh, and another 99 cent super chat from Jane Shell. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's see how the mods are reacting. Oh, they're still okay. A few more. You might get some neat mod reactions. 54 Punchy hates sponge filters. I learned how to cuss 50 years ago, or I'm sorry, box filters. She says, I learned how to cuss 50 years ago when I had box filters. <laughs> Sean OOTD feels the same. Yeah, I mean, they... Here's what I don't like about the box filter as typically done. In order to take it out and change it, you have to take the tube off. Like the lid doesn't come off unless the air tube is removed. And that's just such a uh, taking that air tubing off each time and removing it. Eventually, the end of the air tubing wears out. You have to cut it off. You have to all that stuff is just that's the part I hate. 
if the air tubing, if the hole in the top was big enough, it could go up over the air tubing or if the hole uh, that fed the air into the sponge filter, I'm sorry, the box filter was on the bottom and you didn't have to remove it to get the top off. Oh, that would be so much better. Maybe aquarium co-op can produce something like that. I, I think a sponge filter where the air was fed on the through the base would be good too because then you don't have that tube that you have to take off and then the air line off and stuff. You could just lift it out and maintain it. So yeah, that's something I'd like to see someday. Annalee, thank you. Hey, thank you for your support, your comments, and for uh, being a great part of the chat. Love having you around. Skipper's Aquariums, I'm doing... I'm doing two jobs tonight. I'm doing yours, mine, and my dog watch. Oh, got it. And my dog watch my new vid and you will see why. Okay, cool. I'll check it out, Skippers. I'll see uh, See what's up with your dog. Elflower One Space Stars. What mind if fish food can you buy for autos to put on a fish clip in your tank? What mind? What kind of fish food can you buy for autos, autosynclus, to put on a fish clip in your tank? Okay, got it. Um, I, I would say that, let's see here, for autos on a clip. So something I like to do with autos that's different, and then I'll get to the clip thing, but is I like to take a tile, I don't know, a piece of tile like that, and then on the bottom that's rough, so that when you're tiling your floor, the, uh, the cement or whatever uh, adheres to it. On that rough side, not the smooth side, I'll take some Rapashi, a Soylent Green mixed with Community, and I'll make it really thin. I'll add extra water to it. Um, I'm sorry, actually, that's not true. I don't add quite as much water to it, so it sticks really hard to it. That's what I mean to say. And I put it on there really thinly and then put that in the tank. And so that's a flat surface and they'll go and they'll adhere to that and, and eat off it for a long time. That seems to work pretty well. But as far as a chip clip or a veggie clip down on the side of the tank, um, I would say the problem is so many things get really messy. You might be able to take a piece of romaine lettuce or something quickly blanch it. You don't want to boil it till it's a soggy mess, but quickly blanch it just to soften it a little bit and put that on there. That might work. Something like that, that has a broad leaf that will soften, but when you put it in the aquarium, won't instantly like dissolve into the water. Um, I wonder if chard, like Swiss chard would be good too. Again, not a hard boil because you don't want it to just like bleh, turn into mush. But just soften the outer layers of cells a little bit so then those autos could get interested in that. Obviously, I've not tried that. Um, so that's why I'm kind of working it through. So maybe someone here, you know, has their like, hey, I use, I don't know, some vegetable and it works great. And here's how I do it. Uh, please let us know. But that's my thought. But the Rapashi has worked really well for me. Um, like the benthic feeding gobies like it as well. The hillstream loaches, things like that. Cause it's a nice flat surface with a thin layer of food on it and it, and it works well. 
Jane Shell, another 99 cents. Thank you, Jane. Medina Aquatics, are you able to sex either the Episto Panduro or McMasteri, wanting a pair of possible if each? I, I'm yes, but no. <laughs> um, so there are some that occasionally yellow up. And so I'm like, okay, that's got to be a female. And then there's some that occasionally I see some red on the fins. I'm talking McMaster Eye right now. I'm like, okay, that's got to be a male. But, but no. Like, so sometimes yes, but really no. They're just getting to the point where they're kind of sexy now. And I can guess for you. But if, if I am going to catch them and there doesn't happen to be a female that's feeling dominant or frisky and is yellowed up, like they aren't always colored up like that. So they're at that point where it's really hard for me to, to tell. Same with the Panduro. Um, I'm just not, I'm, I'm just not a guy that has spent years and years and years with a bunch of Epistos. I'm sure that an Episto geek could come over and be like, Oh yeah, that, 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 but I'm just not that guy. And I don't have access to that guy here when I'm shipping, you know, to, to do that. So I can try my best, but I would say if you are, are really wanting to breed them, um, I would order six or more, but six is probably the minimum to guarantee. <laughs> There's no guarantee to, to pretty much guarantee <laughs> that you end up with a pair and leave me a note that says, um, I like to breed these. And then I know to try to get both sexes for you. Um, but really no guarantees on that. I'm sorry. I'm just not that good at Epistos that size. Rockford Fishkeeping. I got an order in and the heat pack was dead and water cold. I've been treating with Paragard in the last hour. The Selfin Molly is swimming in the on its face. Sick or mating? This order is hell. Well, I'm sorry to hear you had a bad order. Um, oh, man. Yeah, if you were getting mollies and, and a heat pack came in, Cold, that could be that could be rough on them. I mean, there are some mollies that do okay in cooler water, but they have to be adapted to it over time. And a lot of mollies really like it hot. I mean, if it just came from shipment and the water was cold and it's swimming strange, I, I would definitely say it's something's wrong swimming on its face. I. I've never seen a molly swim head down like uh, for extended periods of time. I've seen males do all kinds of things when they're displaying. But yeah, I think I think that's probably a sick thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, you're having a bad experience with your order. Um, don't know where you got them from, but wherever you got them from, if they have a review uh, section, it's always nice to leave honest reviews, whether they're good or they're bad, just because it informs other people and it also informs the seller. Um, as to what they can do to do better. But Rockford, I'm so sorry. That's always frustrating. And, you know, this is why you got to, if you think it's going to be overnight, send a heat pack for the last two to three days. You know, we got to, got to understand that things go wrong and things don't always arrive in a timely manner. So we got to prepare for the long haul when we're shipping. Yeah. That's frustrating. Alien World Aquatics, not bloated. Okay. Haven't seen any babies. Okay. So this is a female molly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had mollies in my mind. Female endler that was fine. 
then suddenly looked like the spine was bent in an S, but then that went away. I have no idea, Alien World. Um, if it's not a pregnant thing and it's not like a dropsy thing where there's bloating on one side or something, um, forcing the spine to bend, which is noticeable. If you look at the fish from the top and you see a big bloat on one side, um, that's pretty easy to see. If it's not any of those things, then I don't know. And if it is big bloat or drops you like that, that's really difficult. That That's usually the point where organ failure is, is taking place. The internal organs are swelling. Water is uh, in, invading the tissues and things like that. So if, if it is something like that, once it gets to that point, that can be very difficult to treat. And I'm not saying that's what's going on, but in cases where that is going on, I think the best bet is some kind of canamycin mix just because canamycin will get inside the fish and has at least a chance of, uh, of treating stuff that's internal like that. Annalise says a calcium deficiency or soft water parameters could cause premature curvatures of the spine. Yeah, I agree. I just, uh, the, the fact that it was temporary is what is causing me to like be confused. If it wasn't temporary, I'd be like, ooh, it's a deformity or yeah, calcium problem, something like that. But it happened and then it went away. I don't think calcium deficiencies like just show up suddenly and then go away suddenly. That's like a long-term thing. So, but, but yeah, I agree. Calcium can definitely cause spine issues. It's just that suddenness of the back and forth that I wonder about. Richard Crackle had one of my Santa Maria females did the same thing for two weeks after a heavy pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pregnancy can cause issues for sure, especially if it's a massive pregnancy. Yes. But it doesn't sound uh, from what I'm seeing with Alien World, it doesn't sound like there was a pregnancy involved. So it's really a mystery to me. I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to crack that one for you, Alien World. I'm sorry. Tech Turtle, $2. Hey, Tech Turtle, so good to see you. Just to say, hey, lol. Well, hey, lol, right back. Thanks for being here. Always good to see you. Hydro Guy Aquatics, did you see that inline filter that Tazawa Tanks did a video about? What are your thoughts about the claim that the filter removes chlorine and chloramine from our taps? Maybe no more prime. So I do remember I had YouTube videos, fish videos playing in the background while I was working. And I do remember, I think it was that video talking about the chloramines. But honestly, it was kind of a background thing where I was working. I wasn't actually actively watching. So I don't, I don't remember any details about it. So I would have to rewatch. But I do remember a video I watched recently or had on recently talking about the removal of chloramines and it was probably Tozawa because I do, I do enjoy his stuff. That's all I got. Hydra guy. I don't remember the details. <laughs> Damien Markham drove 456 miles Monday. What are you in Wyoming? <laughs> you have to drive that far here to get to the post office, <laughs> man. Hope you're doing okay. Hope your back doesn't hurt too bad. If you're in a bad car seat on a long trip like that and your lower back starts hurting, Oh, I hate that. Pepperoncini808, my chat won't work. Wow, I can only super chat. Wow, very clever, YouTube, very clever. 
Well, it's one way. To, it's one way for them to make money, I guess. Thank you for Pepperoni for the uh, super chat, four ninety nine. And um, sorry to hear the chat's not working for you. BQ five dollars. Those Tetras look great. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. They're they're pretty awesome. Um, if you go to dancefish.com and uh, look at the listing, there's a link there to a video that I took shortly after I put them in that aquarium. And you can get a sense of kind of their color and things. But in the weeks since then, it's become even more. So if you think they look good in that video, um, they look even better now. So glad you like them, BQ. And thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required. But it makes Brenda super happy. Bathy Phila, what are your thoughts on breeding multiple species of fish in one tank? I've seen some people who say they are successful. The majority of serious attempts stick to one species per tank. So I think that the key word there is serious attempts. So it depends on how serious you are, but it can absolutely work. If you had a species of killifish that hung out towards the top, actually the one I've done recently was, and this was risky and not on not on purpose, it just happened, was half beaks breeding on the top of the aquarium, Epistogramma cockatoides breeding on the bottom, and everyone doing fine. So that only works because the half beaks didn't come down from the top or they would have snacked on those babies. And because that little Episto's mama, she was so mama bear, she didn't let any fish near them at all. So that did work. I got fry from both species. Um, and didn't have any problems. Have to remove the half beak fry, of course, just because their parents will eat them if you don't. But so it can happen. But if you're looking for large yields and things, I think single species specific rearing tanks is the way to go. So I think serious is the key term there. Um, I could totally see, though, like a, a tank where a couple, three species were breeding and you'd occasionally get some babies to survive just to keep the colony kind of going. Now, a lot of African cichlid breeders do this, which makes sense because they just pull the females and, 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 and strip the babies or the eggs. So it works with species like that all the time. But with other species, yeah, I'd say if you don't mind not getting a lot of fry, then it could work with, with certain ones. I would tend towards... Species whose babies hatch out big and free swimming and ready to go, like rice fish and killifish and things like that, or species whose parents guard them so well, like apistos, that they get them to that point. I think it'd be really hard for your typical egg scatterer to do that just because they're already going to eat most of their eggs. And if there's other species in there to add to that, then the odds are not great that you would get many. Yeah. Hydro Guy Aquatics, Hydro Guy Aquatics. Have your electric blooming gone to spawn yet? I see that your stock level is 54. Don't blink or you will have to change the stock level to 554. I might have to jump on some for 250. Yeah, so I've lowered the price on the Mangano to $2.50. I am desperately trying to get them out of my fish room before they grow big enough that they're a little more difficult to ship. Right now at the like two, two and a half inch size, they're kind of great to ship. Um, $2.50. I'm literally losing money at that rate. 
but I just, I just want to get them out to someone who enjoys them and can take care of them before they get big and turn into a problem for me. Just that's as transparent as I can be. I, I like Mabuna. I like African Rift Lake cichlids, but I'm not set up for them. And for those that don't know, what I ordered was a species of a pisto. And when I unboxed that import, I, I was like, Pisto McMasteri, awesome. Pistogramma Panduro, awesome. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, what am I going to do with the? It was one of those. Um, they had them listed as Johanni. Um, turns out, I'm pretty sure that they're Mangano. But yeah, so I didn't order them in on purpose. They're an awesome fish. I'm just not set up for them at all. So I've got to I've gotta get them out before that switch flips on them and they all their endocrine system kicks in and they're all wanting to spawn and getting mean and and getting too big to ship so if anyone wants mangano i've got a bunch two dollars and fifty cents like i'm giving them away (laughs) monica lynn nice beard good look on you why thank you i'm glad you like it i would like to say that it's for no shave november no shave november but the truth is this is just busy beard I've been so busy. I just, it's, it just has not gotten shaved. So I'm glad you like it. I do fully intend to shave though soon because it's getting long enough that it's like, it's getting itchy. It's that, that stage where it's not long enough to be comfortable and not short enough to be comfortable. It's just super itchy, but I'm glad you like it. Busy beard. It's been crazy. Like doing the expansion project, um, doing some improvements on the store in the, in the getgills.com website for, for anyone that doesn't know, if you want to sell fish or buy fish online, check out getgills.com. You can list stuff for sale there. It's a great little site. Um, I'm a part owner on it and help build it and everything. So I have total interest in that, but, uh, but I'm proud of the site, but that on top of everything else that I normally do to keep this up is, is just the result facial hair. Plus that way I get to tell my kids when they tease me about being bald, I get to tell them I didn't lose my hair. It just fell off my head and, and landed on my face. <laughs> Patrick Stephenson, diatomaceous earth filters are best water polishers. Yes, I've never used them, but I've seen the results and you're right. They're fantastic water polishers. Yes. Much better than a, a box filter. Uh, they just get those fines out so effectively. You're absolutely right. Haven't seen any for a long time, though. They used to be like all the rage. I just haven't seen any. Like they used to be marketed everywhere you looked. There was advertisements for them and stuff and not for a long time. But yeah, I agree. They polish water like no one's business. New Mexico Aquatics. Do you think white cloud minnows will spawn when the temp is in the 60s or lower? Thank you, little Bobby. I don't know what their actual cutoff is. For a lot of those temperate species, it's around 65 degrees or so is their spawning cutoff. I don't know if that's exactly right for them, but like your Native American shiners and sunfish and and temperate species that we have here on the American continent, the, the general temperature break there is often 65 degrees, at least in the literature, about 65 degrees or a little over is when they start spawning. So 
knowing that the white cloud minnow, the Chinese version, comes from a similar habitat and goes through similar temperature swings, I would hazard a guess that right around 65 degrees. But I've never run the experiment and I don't know anyone that has. Little Bobby, great to hear from you. Michael Brandle, I may be showing my years, but it was all box filters when I started as a kid. You are showing your years. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But you're in good company. There's a lot of folks here that I'm sure started with box filters. I mean, they do work well. They're just such a pain to maintain. Oh, man. And you know what? I wish they made a heavy base on them so they didn't float around and stuff. Like, ugh. Sponge filters, too. When, when I drain a tank and I fill it with fresh water and all those fine bubbles adhere to the sponge filter and it starts floating on me. I'm always like, man, why didn't they make this base heavier? <laughs> heavy bases filter manufacturers, heavy bases, let them sink. <laughs> Icurian fish nerd. Icurian, no. Icarian, not Icurian. Icarian fish nerd. Have you ever seen at your wholesalers fish lists Limbochromus robertsii. So sounds like a cichlid. Let's take a look. Let's see what this is. I do not know this fish. Oh, that's fantastic. Look at this sucker. Wow, what a great looking fish. Is that a West African of some kind? Ghana. No, I've never seen him. Um, I can see why you want him. That is a great looking fish. Man, never seen it. Didn't even know what it was until just now. So always love to see new fish and learn about new fish. I'll keep an eye out though now that I've seen it. It looks like an awesome West African with like a pointed snout. Yeah, that looks great. It's a cool looking fish. <laughs> this username, lol what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to remove airlines to remove and clean the sponge filters or box filters. Either one. What kind of filters are you using? Oh, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I'm using, I think it's just a hydro sponge filter. And I don't remember the brand of the box filter. I have one. Uh, is it worth getting up and running and grabbing? Okay, I'm going to go grab... Uh, the box filter real quick, just a sec. All right, so let's start with the sponge filter because there was one there. So this thing, what I hate is that you have the line here where it connects you have to run the air tube through this and then connect it, right? It's just a pain. If it if the air fed through here, right here, you don't have to do that. That would be awesome. Um, and I know a lot of people don't use these for that reason, but you really do uh, hamper the effectiveness of the filter and the flow through the filter when you do that. However, if the airline came, sorry, through here, then you wouldn't need this at all because it would travel up the length and that would create plenty of suction. The reason you need this is so that there's 
enough length to create enough negative pressure that you get good flow through the sponge filter. And yeah, a lot of people don't use it, but you get a lot less negative pressure, so a lot less flow. So I've always wanted a sponge filter that's like this with a little nozzle here, right, that you attach your air to. Now, I'm not, I'm not aquarium co-op. I'm not going to go manufacturing a sponge filter. I'm a, a live fish specialist. That's what I sell. That's what I do. But I've always wanted something like that. And here's the box filter. Got it at Gemco. And the issue is you put the airline on this and the, the hole on this lid is not big enough to go up and over the airline. That hole right there. Uh, let's see if I can move my head. and Yeah, this one right here. That small hole. So you literally can't pull this up when it's attached to the airline. The airline's on there and you go, oh, 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 and it, oops, am I showing that? And it bumps on there and you can't, it doesn't come off. So I don't know what the, the brand of this thing is. I just, I, I just know I got it at Gemco and that's how almost all of them I've ever seen are. And yeah, this base is just like plastic. There's no weight to it at all. So I have to literally put marbles in here just to weigh it down, which, which I, I don't like. But, I mean, you're going to find fault with everything, right? I mean, they, they work pretty well. It's just when I'm cleaning <laughs> a whole bunch of filters at once, I really want it to be quick and easy. And it's just not. Not with those. Skippers Aquariums, they say green beans for autos. Oh, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Oh, you know why? Because he's talking about a vegetable clip specifically. So when I think of a veggie clip, I think of uh, something that's, kind of bigger, um, not like a little green bean or something. But yeah, green beans are great and they sink to the bottom and that would be great for autos. Yep, French cut so that they can get to the inside. Beast heart, looking to add shrimp. And thanks to whoever was saying that, yeah, of course, green beans would be great. Uh, that being said, I don't think I've tried green beans on autos. I haven't had autos for a long time. So I'm not positive they're great, but... Seems like they would be. Okay, Beast Heart, I'm actually going to finish reading your comment now. Yeah, I am. Looking to add shrimp to my tank, what is the best for beginners? Um, depends. If you have hard water, hard alkaline water, like most of the United States, then I would go with cherry shrimp, something like that. If you have soft water, like me in Seattle and a few other places in the United States, you might consider a cheap kind of caridina shrimp, like a, some kind of bee shrimp, uh, crystal red shrimp, something like that. Um, and that's just because those shrimp tend to thrive in those parameters. That being said, cherry shrimp are going to thrive in soft water too, generally. So most people have hard alkaline water. So I would say cherry shrimp or some kind of neocaridina shrimp um, that isn't expensive. So cherry shrimp. Now you can do a mono shrimp too. They're, they're about as tough as they get. But if breeding is the goal, then a mono shrimp are not going to be what you want to do because the babies have to go through, from what I understand, a saltwater period, um, which is hard to do. Monica Lynn, $5. Monica, thank you for the super chat. Much appreciated. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. What temp for guppies? Oh, sorry. What temp for breeding guppies? Nice beard. It's a look for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay. 
So guppies will breed at almost any temperature in which they thrive, not just survive, but thrive and are active and eating well. If you want good production, go up to the 82 to 85 degree range. Make sure you have plenty of oxygen in the water. Make sure the water is clean and all that. But at those higher temperatures, low to mid 80s, they'll crank out babies super fast. They won't live as long um, just because their metabolism kicks up and they just burn through their life cycle faster. But part of burning through their life cycle faster and a higher metabolism and such is the breeding cycle is shortened so you can crank out a lot more babies. So what's the temperature for breeding guppies? If production is the goal, low to mid 80s. Um, if production isn't the goal, anywhere from the mid 70s up to the mid 80s will be just fine. And in the low 70s, they can still breed. You're just It's just going to be less frequent. And good luck with your guppies. They're super fun. Super fun. Okay, hang on. Chat jumped on me like it's want to do. Oh, chat jumped and cut off. Is that true on this side too? I'm trying to go up higher because I hate it when it does that in case I missed something important or did not reply to a super chat. I always feel horrible when that happens. Yeah, I literally cannot see it. If anyone left a super chat after Monica Lins, between Monica Lins and the fish tank barns, um, I'm sorry, I literally can't see it, but thank you, thank you, thank you. I chat jumped before I got to it, and I literally can't see it. Electro Fry, you did an interview with a guy in Michigan that used peat moss, right? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, so you can look at that. That's Chase Steindicker. Steindecker um, is the name of the fish breeder. And uh, I think I got his last name right. Steindecker. Anyway, there's a video on it. And he uses in his box filters, he'll put a layer, he'll put like rocks so they sink, then a layer of filter floss, then a layer of peat moss, then a layer of filter floss on top of that so that the peat moss is sandwiched between uh, filter floss so it doesn't get out and go all over the aquarium. And he does that to uh, help soft water and, and acidic water species like tetras and other kerosens to breed. Yes. And, and I've, seen, I've seen like things like that in other fish rooms and things. Um, it, it's a great way to put stuff in your aquarium without just throwing it all over the floor. And the other thing that's nice is some people put like peat moss and stuff like that in like a nylon bag or a little filter bag and just throw it into the tank. The problem with that is water flow through, say you have like a nylon and you cut off a section and put some peat moss in and tie it up and throw it in your aquarium or a, a filter medium bag like that and you throw it in your aquarium. Water flow through that is so poor that it gets like smelly and gross and a little anaerobic. And then you start wondering, is this thing doing more harm than good? The good thing about doing something like this is you get constant water flow through that peat moss or through those alder cones or whatever you are using so it doesn't stagnate. and You don't get that as much of like that rotten smell and that anaerobic uh, stuff going on. I assume it's anaerobic. It just smells gross. <laughs> Skipper's Aquariums, it could be a new tank set up to do that with the spine. To a guppy, if you put a guppy in a new tank set up, you've seen that? 
And then when the guppy like adjusts, it goes away maybe, I guess is what Skipper's Aquariums is saying. I've not observed that, but um, it, it appears that Thomas has had that experience. Guppy in a new tank. So maybe that's an option, Alien World Aquatics, to think about if that was what was going on. Slipped a disc. Yeah, don't know. Um, 816. Okay, I'm going to start burning through a little bit. Jane Shell. I have to run. If I'm lucky enough to win, please give them to Candy if she would like them. Well, Jane, if you're not here uh, when the drawing's done, then we just move on. So, but thank you so much for uh, thinking of Candy because she's amazing. The Fish Tank Barn, $5. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Good to have you here. Enjoyed your stream the other day. I was lurking while working in the Fish Tank Barn. Thanks for the great info as always. Hey, it's always Good to have you here, and I lurk on your streams too. <laughs> Small Fry Aquatics, I'm still testing 96-hour heat packs with no answer. 96 fails at 36 hours. TSK disavows any knowledge. Going forward, only 72-hour. Yeah, Small Fry Aquatics, I haven't had any luck with the 96-hour heat packs yet, and I'm kicking myself because I ordered a, a whole freaking case of them because I was like, hey, so they all work great. I had no reason to think the 96 hours would not work well. And I was like, hey, this is great. If a package is delayed, this is just another day, you know, that they could survive. So I thought it was worth it. I would love to get that, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks back or whatever it was at this point. I'm going to try a few more tests. I haven't given up completely, but it hasn't been good so far. This is the Zen Ginger. About one and a half hours, nutty. Are you telling us we've gone? We've been going about an hour and a half. We're getting there. Alien World Aquatics. I know it was strange that it went away, though it would be dead in the morning. That's why I thought I should ask. Thanks for the advice. Well, that's new information. So it it died? Like had a bent spine, then the bent spine went away, and then it died? Is that is that what happened? Anyway, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to the bottom of it. Um, sorry, I, I just don't know. 44 Mad Guy Fishing More. Is anybody decided about YouTube new audience settings? Um, I don't I don't think it's going to affect me very much. I went and did that today. So for, for YouTubers, um, for those that don't know, YouTubers got a notification from... YouTube today saying, hey, you got to change your audience settings because they've had some issues with collecting information from kids that they shouldn't have done. And they're trying to find a way to prevent that. So you have to now declare whether your content is is for kids or not. Um, I just went to my settings, declared I don't make content for kids. Like my intended audience is not children, although I do want this to be um, clean enough <laughs> that children could come and learn about fish. That's not my target audience. So I honestly don't think it's going to affect me at all, but I don't know. Um, the good news is I don't make a living on YouTube. It's, uh, it's something I enjoy doing and it does help uh, the dancefish.com business and it does help getgills.com. But uh, revenue from videos, I do get some and it's helpful and I love it and it, every bit's helpful, but it's not, uh, it's not the staple of my income by any means. I only have like 7,200 subscribers. Um, I don't, you know, so I'm not big enough to where if the income stream went away, I'd be like, that's all my money. That's what am I going to do? But for anyone that is in that situation, I, 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 
I empathize. I understand how uncertain and scary this must be right now. And I hope it all goes well for everyone. I really think YouTube's trying to make it though, so that if your content is not specifically for kids, it's probably not going to affect you much. And if it is for kids, then, then I don't really know what's going on there because since my content isn't, um, I haven't worried about digging in to that. Terry's Tropical Tanks sold all your thread fins. No, I have some uh, male thread fins. If they don't show, then I will add them after the live stream. So I'm out of females, but I have some males. And I've probably got like 25 or so of them, um, which means I'll probably list 15 of them for sale. Threadfin males, thank you. I, I did a whole bunch of revamping the shipping and everything today. And so I might have made an error and just not reactivated them once I had updated their shipping. So I'll check into that. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. Medina Aquatics, what dither fish, Tetris pencil fish, do you recommend to go with rams and epistogram of South American cichlids? I've had amazing luck with a couple species. One of them is half beaks. The half beaks have been great because they stay up at the top and so they don't bother anything. I was worried about predation, but that did not end up being a factor. So half beaks are great. Uh, pencil fish are wonderful, like Beckford's pencil fish, things like that. The ones that stay small, especially the ones that tend to swim like head down, like is it the Equus um, and some of the others, just because they're so slow moving stuff. Actually, Beckford's is a little quicker than most, but they still work well. But the really slow moving pencil fish are amazing for uh, rams and epistos. Yes, that's what I would say. Tetras work well and things that the issue, here's the thing you have to worry about. If breeding is the goal, and I'm just assuming here that it is, then what you have to worry about is if you use tetras or some of the quicker fish, if you have a big enough group of them, the parents are not going to be able to defend the fry. So when I think of epistos and rams and dithers, I'm thinking of breeding and I'm thinking, okay, what moves slow or doesn't live in the same zone in the aquarium as they do so they, there won't be predation on the fry. So yeah, some of the slow moving like head down pencil fish are ideal for that. I, yeah, Beckford's might not be the best one, but it still works. It's just a little quicker moving. Bathy Phila, great to see you again. The second comment of the night, I think. I've tried breeding multiple live bears in a single tank. And while I've had some success, I'm moving them to a separate tank because I feel that the yield, the yields are marginal. Yeah, I agree. If 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 yield is the goal, separate them. Yep. Ugg Aquatics. <laughs> I love that username. Do you still have wild cockatoides? I do. There should be eight of them listed of the babies. I think I still have eight to OEDs. I'm writing that down so I can make sure. Rockford Fishkeeping. Have you tried cichlid shops? There is only one out by me. I can see if they want to buy them. Um, you know what? That's a, I wouldn't mind that at all. In fact, there's a store up in Billings, um, Treasure State Aquariums, they have mostly peaceful community stuff, but it might be worth me asking them, look, do you want these at a steal? Um, if they do, maybe I'll bring them to them. But I don't think they will. But that makes me think I should contact them. I don't know why I hadn't thought that before. But yeah, Rockford, if you would check, if they want them, um, I'd, 
I doubt they will though, because once, because if they if they have a wholesaler, then wholesale shipping is really darn cheap. Um, if it goes airport to airport and things, well, it's worth a try. I just have a feeling that once shipping's added, that it's going to be hard for them to justify the expense. Eight twenty-four. Okay, I got six minutes. Is it Mike E? Mikey M. Egyptian mouth breeders, half-beaks, epiplatis, auto work is a breeding combo. Yeah. Yeah, although half-beaks will eat any fry that go to the top, and that will include their fry and epiplatis fry, but the Egyptian mouth breeder fry, <laughs> fry will probably be just Jim Dandy. Fish Lover 97, have you ever kept wasp gobies? No. Man, I love it when I find out about a fish I've never even heard of. Maybe I know him under a different name. Let's see here. What's a wasp goby? Sounds like a goby from New England. Um, oh, oh no, I, I have not kept these. I, the butterfly goby, I do know this fish. Um, I tend not to go for predatory species and stuff like that right now. And uh, most of the places I've worked have been into either like African cichlids, hardcore or small peaceful community fish. So I've never kept that one. Well, one day I'd like to. I, I have seen them in pet stores and stuff, and they are pretty cool looking. Erica Booth, I bought 60 Romino's Tetras over a month ago directly from a wholesaler. Got home, put them in a 90-gallon, well-established tank, tested all prams. Have a few died a day, now 10 left. Yes, I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. <laughs> this is why I consider it my job to be the buffer between the customer and the industry. I mean, I'm part of the industry, but um, this happens so often. Um, so usually what happens is I'll get fish in and I can put them through medicines and things that take care of everything. Once no, there haven't been issues for a couple of weeks, then I'm like, okay, they're ready to go. I send them. Almost always that works well. Every now and then, though, I run into that problem where there is a batch that has something going on and often I can fix it, which is great. But every now and then, nothing I do matters, in which, in which case I suspect a virus. I don't know. I, sometimes I have – I mean, they have been tested before. Um, so it's like, oh, yeah, it's definitely this virus. But in general, I don't – spring for a test like that. It's just super expensive. But every now and then there's a batch that I cannot heal from anything and just they'll drop occasionally. And I feel your pain. And in that case, I just never sell those. Like I literally, this is bad business, like thinking of like turning and making profit, but it's good business when you're thinking long-term customer satisfaction and growing the industry. Um, I, I literally will just keep them until they gradually die off. Um, unless they're obviously suffering, then I'll, you know, do them a favor, I guess you would say. As they say in Rocky Horror Picture Show, it was a mercy killing. Um, that was probably in bad taste, I'm sorry. But, um, but in general, I just keep them and don't sell them and it kills me and I hate it, but it's the only option I can think of uh, that makes sense to me. Mikey M plants it near the surface will also help combo breeding. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Rockford fish keeping. When I was a kid, we didn't even have glass for fish tanks. Yep. 
<laughs> you had to go mine the clay, make a ceramic pot, a clay pot, build a, a bellows to fire it. I know life was tough. <laughs> the Zen Ginger. Will you sell your turquoise guppies as trios at any point, or we, can we buy extra females? They're so pretty. I'd love to start my own 55 gallon colony. Um, the Zen Ginger. I just I don't have extra females. So the problem is if I do that, I end up with a bunch of extra males and actually that's not such a bad thing to have extra males. You can sell single males, but almost all the customers want pairs. And so I'm afraid if I did that, I would end up with just a bunch of one sex and not be able to sell them. And so I just, I generally tell everyone, no, I'm afraid that if I start saying yes, then I have to say yes to everybody to make it fair. So it's just pairs until I get towards the end. And then if I have more females, then I can adjust that. Like I did a breeding group of uh, the killifish, uh, Chromaphio simian bivitatum, uh, not bivitatum, poliaca recently, where I ended up with more females than males. And so I was able to sell them as breeding groups. Um, now I'm back to pairs because I sold off all the extra females, but I just can't, I can't really do that right now. Okay, we are at 829, so I am sorry we are not going to get to everyone's questions or comments. If there was anything urgent um, or like something super sick and I need help or something, uh, please feel free to send me an email. Um, but I'm sorry I'm going to get right to the drawing after I say thanks for these super chats that I somehow missed. What? How did I miss these? Kayla's Aquatic sent $10. <laughs> With the most hilarious jumping sticker. It reminds me of, it's like Pippi Longstocking um, later in life with the big old hair. Now she's in high school and she's cheerleading on a trampoline. That's hilarious. Kansas Codex, $20 super chat. Thank you so much, Bob. Really appreciate it. Hashtag no more professor. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. Bob, appreciate you so much. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Ad infinitum. Skippers Aquariums, $20. Here is to the expansion. Thanks. That is going to help a lot. That is going to, every bit helps when we're at this stage of a startup. Um, thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. Hey, Priscilla, MKR. Good to see you. Glad you made it. Okay, it's drawing time. Let's see who won some Kochu Tetras. Um, if you won, if, if you're name is called. Um, you have a minute to respond and say, hey, I'm here. So we know you're here. Otherwise, we'll just redraw again. So let's hold the congrats till we know the person is here. It's always such a letdown. It's like, it's like, um, I don't know, Dance Fish won. And then Dance Fish is not there to receive it. And it's like, yeah, Dance Fish, good job. Anna. And then he never shows up. And it's just like, oh, that was a bummer. <laughs> So, um, and if you do win, please send me an email, dan at dansfish.com. Uh, by noon tomorrow would be great saying, Hey, I'm, this is my first and last name. This is my address. And I will send them to you for free on Monday. Um, and yeah, so here we go for transparency's sake. Let's see. We have 132 folks entered into the contest including mods. That's great. That means I did this little thing right. Not excluding my mods on accident. I hate it when I do that. I really feel bad because they work so hard for me. Here we go. And the winner is, drum roll, K. 
Cat and Fish. Cat and Fish, you have won some Kochu Tetras. They are hashtag so blue. Um, let's see if you're here and we can close this down. If we don't hear from you in oh, a little while, then we'll uh, we'll move on to someone else. Let's hope you're here. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like we got a no-show. Yeah, about 30 seconds less left. Jeez, I can't talk. I am. There, you are here. Awesome, Cat and Fish. I'm glad you're here. Please email me, dan at dancefish.com. And I just need your first and last name and your shipping address. And they'll go out Monday. You'll get um, some tracking information from me uh, as soon as the, pro- the postage is processed. So you can follow with tracking. And yeah. So far, so good on those. But awesome. I'm glad you're here to receive them. Thanks for being here. Thanks to my mods. Just just thanks. Like it amazes me all the time that my mods show up. They do all this work to benefit this channel and this community. It's a, it's a huge help. And, and then sometimes they even give me super chats on top of it, which blows my mind. Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone that gave a super chat. It's not required, but it's always appreciated. And it does make my wife super happy. And if I missed anyone's super chat, I feel real bad about that. Whenever that happens, it's never on purpose, but sometimes chat jumps on me and I literally can't see it. Um, everyone that commented and stuff, thanks for participating. All you lurkers, I'm a lurker too. And everyone watching on the replay, thank you, thank you, thank you. And with that, we'll be back next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Same bat channel, same bat time. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.